Hi, welcome to 1000 Words, Stories on the Way. My name is Matthew Clark. Uh, One of the ideas I had when I started this podcast was to do at least one episode, maybe every month, that was a story behind a song. And since I'm a singer-songwriter myself, I had planned on that being, you know, songs that I had written. But uh, when I got to thinking about it, I just kept coming back to, to this song, which is an old hymn that I did not write. Um, it's Come Thou Fount. It's one of my favorite hymns. I sing it all the time. Um, and uh, the reason I wanted to start with this hymn is because over time, it, it's kind of become this, like a personal prayer for me, specifically for songwriting, though. Um, I mean, it's a song that has taught me how to think about what it means to write songs, or maybe even um, maybe even why to write songs at all. So before I feature any of my own songs, I just, I don't know, I thought it'd be interesting to talk about Come Thou Fount and why I think it's such a brilliant song about songwriting. Um, it even deals with a songwriter who doesn't really feel like He's really good enough to even be writing a song in the first place, which which feels familiar to me. So it's a comforting song um, as he's praying, like, God, help me, help me make a song. I don't really know how to do that, but I feel like I ought to be doing that. I want to be doing that, so please help me, um, help me write. So I'll share a little breakdown of Come Thou Fount by Robert Robinson. And then I'll just let this episode close um, with a recording of of the song. So, as always, you can uh, can read the text from this episode on the website, which is matthewclark.net slash 1000words. And please leave uh, reviews on iTunes and subscribe if you enjoyed the podcast. Um, I think that's all. I don't want to make any announcements at the end. But but thank you for listening. Uh, I'm Matthew Clark, and here's Come Thou Fount on 1,000 Words. One night a few years back, I was lying in bed, unable to sleep. Since I'm so incredibly pious, and I only ever think about holy things... When I can't sleep, I found myself rehearsing the words to the old hymn, Come Thou Fount. Suddenly, even though I've been singing this song since I was a little kid in church, I started paying attention to the meaning of the words, maybe for the first time. I am a songwriter, and I had never noticed that this is a song about songwriting. Robinson wants to sing about the forgiveness and the relief he's experienced since meeting Jesus, and this song is his prayer. So let's walk through the lyrics together. He begins by saying, Come thou fount of every blessing, tune my heart to sing thy grace. So it starts with a simple, direct address. Scripture talks about the Father as the giver of all good gifts. And then, 
he prays that God tune his heart so that he can sing about the grace that he's experienced. Already he's using musical terms. The human heart must be tuned like any instrument, since presumably it's out of tune, and it will produce clashing dissonance unless adjusted to the tonal standard of God's reality. Scripture says the heart is deceitful above all else. It's like a guitar whose tuning will shift if left out in the weather of this world. You might play an A note, and an out-of-tune instrument will not rightly represent the real A note unless tuned first. So the songwriter prays to be taught the truth about reality in order to represent what's actually real in his song. He goes on, Streams of mercy never ceasing call for songs of loudest praise. I love this line. Here he gives the reason why he wants to write a song in the first place. Because, come on, streams of mercy that never cease? You gotta be kidding me. Somebody ought to be singing about this. Why not me? But he doesn't feel capable. So, he writes a song asking God to help someone who doesn't feel like a songwriter to write a song. Our songwriter seems to have had a profound experience of mercy, and he wants to express his love. This is worth singing about. Maybe he was like the woman who washed Jesus' feet with perfume and dried them with her hair in the presence of Simon the Pharisee. Have you ever read this scene in Luke 7? Simon is disgusted with Jesus' interaction with the famously sinful woman. And Jesus asks, Who loves more, the one forgiven a lot or the one forgiven a little? And Simon states the obvious. This woman loved much because she was so aware of the depth of mercy it would take to be able to reach and to rescue her. Also, this is part of the point of Joseph Pieper's little book that I've mentioned before on this podcast, Only the Lover Sings. The lover is the one who's willing to risk the naked vulnerability of facing God and is rewarded with the ceaseless streams of mercy she finds there in Jesus' eyes. That is why the lover sings. Like the hymn says, this calls for songs. Next he writes, Teach me some melodious sonnet sung by flaming tongues above. Praise the mount, I'm fixed upon it. Mount of thy redeeming love. He prays to be tutored in songwriting by the same master musician who taught the angels to sing. And then he praises, quote, the mount. Which mount? The mount of thy redeeming grace. I think the Mount of Redeeming Grace might be Calvary. So, the crucifixion is not explicitly mentioned, but the cross of Jesus is all over this song. Verse 2 begins with what might be an obscure word, Ebenezer. It's a fun word from the Bible narrative. There are a few places where someone stacks stones to build a monument, 
to remember some way that God has helped them. The prophet Samuel raised one in Samuel 1.7, for instance, and the Israelites build one upon finally crossing the Jordan River into the Promised Land. Ebenezer is a Hebrew compound word that literally means stone of help, Ebenezer. So we get, here I raise my Ebenezer, hither by thy help I'm come, and I hope by thy good pleasure safely to arrive at home. Jesus sought me when a stranger, wandering from the fold of God, and he to rescue me from danger interposed his precious blood. Robinson is setting up a song within a song. The Ebenezer Robinson is raising isn't a stack of literal stones. It's a stack of words and melody. The Ebenezer he builds as a memorial to God's helping him is the very song that you are singing. It's a singable monument to God's work in his life. Here it is, and you can stack the stones with him just by singing it. The last verse goes like this. Oh, to grace, how great a debtor! Daily I'm constrained to be. Let thy goodness like a fetter bind my wandering heart to thee. Like the woman who washed Jesus' feet, Robinson says that the grace he's been shown constrains him, binds him like a fetter, which is a shackle or a chain. The love of Jesus has taught Robinson that real freedom looks like being shackled to goodness. The song becomes a paradigm for shaping an overall posture of gratitude in us. It's the same posture Paul commands at the beginning of Romans 12 when he says, in view of God's mercy. Paul and Robinson suggest that now, since we've seen how good God really is, the most sensible thing is to be forever bound to sing back in love to the one who has sung a song of loving kindness over us. Robinson closes saying, Prone to wander, Lord, I feel it. Prone to leave the God I love. Here's my heart, O oh, take and seal it. Seal it for thy courts above. I appreciate the songwriter's vulnerability and honesty here. He's got no illusions about what he's capable of. He's totally in touch with his inability to be faithful, and he's realistic about his desires, which are confused at best and willfully evil at worst. Like the bleeding woman who reaches out in the middle of a crowd to touch the hem of Jesus' robe, Robinson offers his heart to Jesus, trusting that the Lord's goodness will be more than enough to seal the deal. Jesus is so alive and so holy that if you touch him, he's not contaminated. Rather, we are inoculated. Okay, by the way, I can't help but mention how inoculate is a surprisingly beautiful word. It means to transplant an oculus or a bud from one plant to another. The bud can be called the eye of a plant, 
and comes from the Proto-Indo-European root that means to see. If contact with Jesus inoculates us, then his life of seeing God truly is transplanted into us, which grows in us a new way of seeing everything. That transplanted bud opens into the healing of the eyes of the soul. In view of God's mercy, blooming in its final flowering to the full healing of our sickness of sin and death, which is ultimately resurrection. When that happens, we will be able, like Lewis remarks, quote, to be united with the beauty we see, to pass into it, to receive it into ourselves, to bathe in it, to become part of it, end quote. For all beauty is an invitation to be united to God, who is the beautiful one. And a thing is beautiful to the extent that it makes God available. Come Thou Fount is a monument to the experience of having been loved by God, and singing it, like participation in all great art, transforms by contact, like touching the hem of the Lord's robe. It changes our whole way of seeing, as Christ's oculus takes root inside of us. Streams of endless mercy well up to new and eternal life with the God who has loved us so well. That calls for songs. Come now, found Every blessing And tune my heart To sing thy grace Streams of mercy That never ceasing Calls for songs Of loudest praise Teach me some Sung by flaming tongues above And praise the mountain fixed upon it The mount of thy redeeming
Take and seal it, seal it for. 